and you could give one hair and less water and it will grow better than the plant that has no hair and, and more water. My mind is absolutely blown by this. I'm <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. It's me, Andrea Fox, again, still host of this podcast. Sorry about that. Hope you're doing all right. Do you manage to avoid Black Friday? No shade if you did, you know, all of your research. But which did find that 85% of Black Friday deals are duds. Uh, I've got some Christmas tips at the end of this series. I'm collating them at the moment. You'll know I was live with Bolt Beauty on their Instagram recently. Coming up at the end of today's episode is always an eco life hack. And just a reminder, you can always get in touch if you've got a brilliant eco life hack to share with me or you've got a brilliant guest or you're just like, hey, I know you haven't covered this before, but I'd really love to know about this. Let me know. You can drop me an email via my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. You can find me on Instagram, hello, I am Andrea Fox. On Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox. And of course, we have our very own Instagram for this podcast, Age of Plastic Podcast. And you can send me a little email through there, even if you don't have an Instagram account, which I found out the other day. The wonder of modern technology. Right, on to today's guest. Now, I've always wondered about my trip to the hairdresser and how sustainable it is. That's why I started this podcast, to find out how sustainable everything is, essentially. Um, Today, I'm chatting to a brilliant guest who talks about the waste connected with our hairdressers and actually what we can do with all of those waste clippings. There are four amazing things you can do with hair to help save the planet. Find out all about them from today's guest, which is Fry Taylor from the Green Salon Collective. Uh, Together with Kay and Paul, they connect green salons up and down the UK. Find out exactly what a sustainable green salon is. This is Fry Taylor from Green Salon Collective. So let's kick off then um, first, I think, with your hair experience, if you would. Yeah, well, I was um, I was a hairdresser for many years, probably eight, nine, maybe ten years, and um, it was always like a question that we got asked in the salon, what what can you do with all of this hair? And at that point, I had no idea there was so much you could do with it. I had a few clients that took it home with them, and I just thought <laughs> that they were a bit crazy. But now I now I know that they're actually very smart. Um, after that, I, I worked for, for L'Oreal for about eight years in, in Australia. Um, and that sort of, I saw a different side of the industry. I, I knew that the the industry was a wasteful one, but I didn't realize quite how wasteful and not blaming L'Oreal for that. It was just because I was seeing a lot more activity in salons. Um, And then I I started working for a hairdressing company called Sustainable Salons in Australia. And they are, they're a version of Green Circle Salons in North America. And they both run these sort of unique hairdressing recycling systems because there's four fantastic things that you can do with hair. Uh, and there's there's lots of other things you can do with salon waste as well. So I really got that's when I really sort of got into sustainability, um, particularly in hair salons. And although I was living in Australia for for most of my adult life, I, I was born in in England, and um, and myself and Kay and Paul, we were all sort of wondering who was had this kind of system, like who was doing this in in the UK and Ireland, and we just thought there would be like five or six different companies doing this type of recycling. And I honestly thought that my Google wasn't working because nothing was coming up. And the only thing I could find was this, 
study from University of Southampton and um, they'd looked into the hairdressing industry in in the UK which would be similar to Ireland and it was just such a uh, yeah such a mess like zero percent of this hair was being recycled mm. the you know like those the the foil that we use for hairdressing and, and color tubes yeah that, yeah that's one of the things I was like should I stop dyeing my hair because I don't really know where <laughs> this where this foil's going and I was like well I'm sure aluminium is recyclable so yeah yeah aluminium's recyclable but hair salons can't recycle their aluminium oh really they, why is that yeah because it's contaminated it's just oh, all too the chemicals dirty. yeah it's just too dirty so if you give it to your local if, if a salon gives it to their local council it's just not going to get uh, recycled most most of the local councils will just say to landfill it so you have this item that um will will take we will sit in landfill for 400 years all, all the chemicals will, will seep into the environment too but as you said it's aluminium it can be recycled forever so um we were looking at all of these different things and thought, right, well, you know, we need to, we need to do something here. And that's when the idea of the collective came about because it was the, the three of us all from three different countries, all with different backgrounds. Paul was, was with Greenpeace. Uh, Kay wow. had done stuff with like governmental level um, waste advisory. Uh, and then, yeah, some of us had hairdressing background as well. So, we basically have patched together this system where not only can we recycle hair from from hair salons but also their contaminated metals and foils uh, and then more common things like like paper and paper and plastic amazing so the green salon collective is kind of is that a way for not only the businesses to learn a bit more about being sustainable but also for consumers to find a more sort of sustainable yeah that's right so currently so for someone like yourself who colors their hair and, and obviously Not cuts natural. it, <laughs> um, and for anyone who's listening who, who goes to a salon, the, the chances are that a lot of those things that are used for your hair service are, are just going to landfill. Um, and there are alternatives for them. So the collective has two elements. One, we have a salon locator on our website. So we, since we launched in July this year, we have over 200 salons that have joined the collective. Wow, so that's pretty um, much most which, of the country you must have covered. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit everywhere from, from all down, um, all like Cornwall, Devon, all the way up to the Scottish Highlands, wow. Northern Ireland, like Cork, Dublin, all, all over the UK and Ireland. Um, so we have that element because salons that, that join our program and become more sustainable they actually are attracting more clients to their salon as well we have we have hundreds and thousands of people just looking for a, a sustainable salon but the the most important thing for us is is our is our member salons so they're the salons that we that we collect their their waste streams from and um and part of the idea of the collective is that we're kind of all in it together so we actually will weigh everything that we get so wow. as an industry, we will be able to be really proud and say, look, we've diverted two tons of this or three tons of this because, yeah, as I said, currently uh, UK hairdressing is zero is percent hair recycled and only one percent metal, which is wow. shocking. That's really, really shocking. bad. And that's before yeah. you even probably think of all the containers of all the products and things mm. like that. So yeah. let's start off with the hair then. So recycled hair, what do you do with that? Yeah, so there's four... There's four different things that we do with um, with the hair that can be that can be recycled. So, the first one is 
uh, it's not even a new idea. It's been happening in America since um, since the late 80s, early 90s. There was a big spill. I don't remember the exact date, but it was around then off the Gulf of uh, New Mexico, a big oil spill. And there was a hairdresser called Phil McCoy, and he was at home watching TV, and he was watching all of these animals come out of the water. So all these otters and birds, mm. and all of their hair was just completely drenched in this in this oil and as a hairdresser he was thinking to himself well that kind of makes sense because we know that hair absorbs oil and i guess you don't need to be a hairdresser to know that but also if you have someone come into your salon and their hair is really oily if you just rinse that person's hair with water and don't shampoo it it's still going to be oily so that must mean that hair will absorb oil even in water and that was kind of proven with all of these animals so he thought right well if that's the case i'm going to get the hair clippings from my salon floor and i'm going to use them to to absorb the oil from the water and actually take it out of the ocean so he he, he got like he was going through like his wife's underwear like got these stockings from his from his wife's drawer cut the legs off these stockings and he shoved these these tights um, with, uh, with with hair, with, with just human hair. And he created like his own little spill to see if it would work. And he basically like dunked this thing like a sponge in the water. And and yes, yeah, sure enough, the the hair started to absorb this oil. So you could literally carry this. It's called a hair boom. It's like a big long sausage. hair sausage. <laughs> I think is a worse name. So yeah. <laughs> Hairy sausage, yeah. So it's a hair boom, and um, you can make them like one meter, twenty meters, however long you need to. And yeah, so so once he discovered this, they they were on a coastal town in America. All the hairdressers got together. They were all shaving their dogs and you know <laughs> getting all the hair together. And they they were able to put these booms in. And I mean, they couldn't go out into the deep ocean, but they could put them along the coastline, and um, and stop the oil from you know from coming in reaching the shore yeah yeah and um yeah these booms are amazing they, they will float in the water you can literally squeeze the things and you get the oil back you can get 75 percent of the oil back out of a boom and you can use it again and again and um it hasn't really ever happened here and mm. it doesn't even need to be um it doesn't even need to be like a, a massive disaster. It could be something quite small. Like one of one of our members, they're called um, Crawford Hair. I think they're around Milton Keynes area. And he he's really into hair booms. And he actually cleaned up his local river by by using hair booms. You know, you know, sometimes you get those little bits where it's all kind of scummy and yucky and there's all like that sort You of know someone's foam. chucked, yeah, something yeah. in there that they shouldn't have <laughs> cooking so he, oil. <laughs> He made this big boom and just tied it to both sides of, of the bank and then eventually all of that sort of gunk just absorbed into the into the boom and then he, he just dragged the boom out of the water and uh and it was a lot it was a lot cleaner so yeah, that's amazing. yeah booms yeah booms are amazing even like um uh, plumbers and mechanics can can use these booms as well and i think for the salons that are on our program they just really love that the hair has a, has a second second life so yeah. the booms is definitely um is definitely one of the projects that we that we want to work on but my favorite is probably the hair mat 
doesn't sound quite as gross this one <laughs> okay but if you imagine a weetabix that's made of hair that's delicious ten, that's 10 times the size like the size of a doormat okay so sort of the thickness of a weetabix that kind of that kind of texture well basically you put we put this hair through a machine similar to one that would weave a weave like a carpet or a rug and it can be like short balding hair like mine or, or long long thick hair like yours it, it doesn't matter and it will weave this hair into like a like a doormat and so is it almost like when you make like use old clothing to create thread again to make new clothing is it that yeah. kind of idea yeah it's that kind of idea yeah and um like I, I live on a like coastal town and we're on, a hill. we're on a hill as well and um uh and it rains a lot so it's not like the coastal town i used to live in in australia unfortunately it's quite a wet version <laughs> but a lot of this like the the storm drains here that rainwater goes straight out into the into the lock and again in america it's quite common to use these hair mats to tie to the top of a drain and then as the sort of all this rubbish is is running down the the drains and the gutters the hair mat actually um stops this plastic and rubbish getting into the ocean in the first place that's amazing and that's, that's such an easy thing um such an easy thing to do but my most favorite thing to do with the hair mat which is the third element is to use it to use it to grow plants and this is what um this is what my client were doing when I was in the salon years ago and I was like what are you doing with all that stuff because <laughs> I'd heard of people with like big gardens and, and allotments using hair and especially animal hair to um to scare off like uh you know like foxes or, or kangaroos or, or whatever it is yeah like pests because they smell a dog or a person and then they then they leg it but if you've got any um yeah, like any, anyone who has their hair cut should really be taking their hair home and putting it in their plants. Like anytime you've got a potted plant, um, your plant will grow a lot better with less water if you had like two inches of, of hair underneath that soil. I have like 50 house plants. I'm not even exaggerating whatsoever. And I've never heard this hair. tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, my husband's got a beard and, and bald hair, so I've just, I just finally have got him. <laughs> sorry, but I finally got him to stop going to the barbers and spending ten pounds <laughs> when he's got clippers at home. Um, so we open up the barbers at home now. I'm going to have to start saving it, getting it out of the Hoover. That's amazing. Yeah. I honestly had no idea that you could use essentially a waste product like this. Mm. And does it matter because obviously i've got bleached hair does it matter about the kind of hair and what chemicals have gone on it Do you have to be a bit careful about that aspect um when it comes to the plants and the growing food i think that you just you just wouldn't be having like a an, a completely organic soil it would be like if you had any sort of um, non-organic soil but for using um yeah for using the plant for using the hair just around your home it it really doesn't matter because what that hair is doing is because um, like if you think about it when you water your plants you unless you're giving the plant the exact amount of water you will always get that little bit of runoff of you know the water into the dish but when you've done that you've actually removed nutrients from the soil mm. so what happens is with that layer of hair that's at the bottom of your soil that hair will um 
uh, will absorb all of those nutrients and it will absorb the water. And hair is also really, uh, really rich in nitrogen. And as the hair starts to break down, that nitrogen will go back into the soil to, to feed the plant. And the, the plants need the nitrogen to, to sort of grow their, their amino acids, which will then turn into the proteins, that, which will then grow, grow the plant. So you could have two identical plants and you could give one hair and less water and it will grow better than the plant that has no hair and, and more water. My mind is absolutely blown by this. I'm, <laughs> I'm finally, yeah. my, finally, my piece early that's <laughs> been looking a bit peaky. <laughs> Gonna get a hair treat later. This Christmas, let's green the planet. Forget socks and instead give the greatest gift, a magical carbon trapping anti-climate change contraption, a tree. Treedom have spent the past 10 years working with NGOs and farmers in 17 countries, planting indigenous species of trees, creating jobs, as well as focusing on tackling issues from hunger to gender equality. So far, Treedom have planted over 1.4 million trees. That's a lot of carbon offsetting. Over 400 million tonnes, to be exact. Here's Treedom CEO and founder, Frederico Garcia. I'm so proud of what we do every morning. I wake up, I know that I'm going to work for a purpose. Right now, we have seen a, a, an amazing change. More and more consumers, they ask for green product. So it's something from the consumer. They are asking companies to be more sustainable. So if your workplace are planning to send out gifts to clients this year, or if you've got a fussy brother to buy for like me, consider gifting on their behalf with Treedom. From a lemon tree in Kenya to a coffee tree in Guatemala all from as little as 15 euro. You can personalise your gift and get virtual updates on your tree. Join me and green the planet this Christmas with Treedom. Head to treedom.net and use discount code AGEOFPLASTIC20 at the checkout to get 20% off your trees before midnight on December 31st, 2020. Or follow the link in the show notes wherever you are listening. And a massive thank you to Treedom for not only sorting out my Christmas shopping this year, but also sponsoring this series of the Age of Plastic podcast. Yeah, I think yeah. that makes so much sense. I keep reading about like, oh, homemade fertilizers out of like banana skin, and I'm like, okay, mm. am I going to be bothered with that? But I mean, hair is is a really easy one. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really easy, and that's that's the fourth thing that we do with the hair is is composting. Wow. So you can take, um, like, we could take salon food waste, garden waste. A lot of salons will use these sort of like bamboo towels. Uh, oh, so we yeah. can take we could take those. We can take hair. I mean, you could put fingernails in if you really wanted to take it the next if step. If it's a and hair and nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all of that will will break down to to yeah to make to make compost. So, Amazing. so we've really like changed hair salons from having this system where hair just goes to landfill and has no second use, to now the hair can can clean up an ocean, you know, clean up waterways, grow food, compost, make your plants grow better. There's there's just an endless amount of things that we can that we can do with it that is amazing and Mm. what about outside of hair like what about the metals and the other sort of things and products you say do you sort of take Mm. the things that are maybe not recycled locally or yeah so we we have a system where because the salons actually do the hard work for us because traditionally you'll have one recycling bin and everything will go into that one bin 
and that's where that's where a lot of the problems happen especially when you've got like these color tubes that have got all these chemicals seeping out of them or you have um, the foil that still has the bleach on it once that sits next to the newspaper or the milk mm. carton or whatever they're all, all contaminated they're all yeah so what we give the salons is like separation bins so one um, one is for all of their haircuts one is for all of their contaminated metals and, and color tubes one for their plastics and one for their paper and one for their chemicals so when it comes to us we know that we have you know uh, this you know 20 30 kilograms of contaminated metal we can keep that away from everything else and then we can um, you know we can we can deal with that and recycle it because it's not it's not that you can't recycle these contaminated metals it's just that you need to keep them keep them separate okay and it's it's been really interesting for us because like i said before we only launched in july of this year oh wow within um within july to now we have over 200 members but we like i said we weigh everything and we had this big mountain of of hairdressing foil that was bigger than me and that was from that was from the first 19 salons we had 360 kilograms of metal and then it just the sounds like first... 300 kilograms of metal just fell over in the background for a second. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the bin men? <laughs> yeah, it must be. It must be. And um, yes. And then when we got to the first, um, I think it was 60 salons that we weighed, we had one ton. Wow. So one ton of contaminated metal. So that is like the, because uh, I looked this up, that's a polar bear, one ton, <laughs> or, or like a Volkswagen Beetle, like one of those old school ones. <laughs> wow so that just did... goes to show how much waste there yeah. is yeah. every year so much more than that and this is and just think of the numbers it's it's frightening that's that's like 50 60 salons mm. and there are there are probably about forty thousand salons in the uk and ireland wow and and from just those first few we were able to to do that so um there's definitely a long way to go for the industry but We've been very lucky. There's been some big companies like Weller Professionals, Kevin Murphy, Oway. They they've all sort of also recognised that the industry needs a bit of a help. So they've partnered with us recently. So they're all now going out to their Weller salons, etc., and saying, "Look, this is what you can do with with Green Salon Collective." So it's been for such a new company in in a time when. Um, the salons have mostly been shut anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been really positive that um, that so many salons have yeah have made the change and yeah. joined us. That's so positive, and I suppose everyone I speak to brings up COVID before I do. So let's get into that. Just, <laughs> as you just brought it up, Fry, um, we are speaking on the fifth of November, which is the first day where hair salons um, have gone back into lockdown and being closed as non-essential businesses here in the UK. Mm. Um, what's your sort of thoughts on that from the industry? It must be pretty devastating, right? Yeah, it, it's been interesting because what has happened is that the salons now and they've never realized this before, but they've now realized how wasteful they are because now they're having to use all this PPE, the masks, et cetera. So um, it's had a really positive effect on our industry because of two reasons. One is that salons are now thinking, oh, what can I do about this? So luckily Green Salon Collective are here to sort of help them with that. 
and also the salons are putting a bit more value on themselves too because they traditionally have always been afraid of, of putting their prices up and, and charging what they're worth and most salons now have a PPE fee which covers the costs of that extra PPE and that's quite good for us because the way it works with Green Salon Collective is that of our 200 member salons they charge their clients a green fee so every time you go to the salon you pay this extra one pound green fee mm -hmm. and that covers the costs of all the hair recycling all the metal recycling all the plastics chemicals all of all of those things so although it's um devastating for hairdressers to to not be able to do what what they love um it's had a really positive impact on on what is what is happening because they they're now at home looking at ways that they can can improve their business and mm -hmm. like um uh kate that kate brandit from from um the uh, sustainability department of google she said in in april or may that the the search term how to live more sustainably had gone up four and a half thousand percent wow. so there's very similar search terms that are just like you know skyrocketing and and hairdressers are no different they're looking at ways to change things and and you can't really just change your product company as a hairdresser and then be more because it's not that's really only one tiny little element of it it's it's more the sort of waste and other things that they're that they're doing yeah it's so interesting for um an industry that i think of as quite um chemical heavy and quite wasteful mm. is looking at what it can do even when it's kind of in a time of crisis you know like mm. yeah yeah it's it is it's amazing to think that there are things that all industries can do and i guess this year has just given us you know a little bit more impetus i suppose maybe a bit mm. more time to consider those things but yeah it's amazing and that's mm. a great fact about like the google trends as well sustainable mm. hair clearly mm. something everyone's searching so it makes good business sense right that's right yeah absolutely so like i said the the members that we have they're actually starting to attract new new clients because people are looking for that that more ethical sustainable business i remember when i worked for um l'oreal in australia um not sure if i'm supposed to share these numbers but i will they they had something like <laughs> something like 2000 people every month would, would come through the L'Oreal website looking for L'Oreal salons because they wanted a L'Oreal product on their hair. Well, at sustainable salons in Australia, which was the recycling company for hairdressers, they had very similar numbers. You know, they had almost 2000 people looking for a sustainable salon. Now it's interesting that shift in only about five years of people wanting a particular product to wanting a particular type of service because Generally speaking, all hairdressing products are, are, are very good these days. So, um, yeah, salons who, who are embracing our system are, are doing well. They're getting new clients, but they're also doing, yeah, doing the right thing. Yeah, being ahead of the curve as well in terms of not only what's right, but what consumers are asking for more and mm. more. And I've heard that from so many people on this podcast, from like the beauty industry, the fashion industry, everything essentially. So it's it's been really interesting to talk about how, how hair is joining that party as well. But I, I have yeah. to ask, before we get onto the fi like final few questions, I really wanted to ask yeah. because... Um, I always wonder this about hairdressers. When you see someone like <laughs> on the street, on the tube, on the train, do you ever think, yeah, you need to be a redhead 
or I'd love to do a bob. <laughs> I'd love to do a bob on you. Like, is that? Do you walk around with that in your head the whole time? Because as a radio person, sometimes I will hear someone do something on the radio, and yeah. I'll go, "That's interesting. I wouldn't have done it like that," or "That's good." Or mm. so I just wonder if it's the same for you in your industry. <laughs> I think uh, I think it is. I think a lot of people do think that, but I often think it's actually more the other way, where where we look and think, "Oh my God, who did that?" And uh, why do you have that colour? <laughs> who told you that would suit you? <laughs> There's often a bit of that. Um, I don't know. It's different for me because I I only ever was a was a colourist, so I would only ever do do colour. But I think yeah, for stylists that is that is probably a thing. But don't don't be uh, don't be self conscious. Your hair's lovely, so I'm sure they'll be looking at yours thinking she goes to a good salon. I did go to a good salon. I have to say. I don't even want to tell you how expensive it was, but I figured that I hadn't been all year, so it was fine. And it was yeah. looking very brassy. But I just honestly don't know. I think colorists must be the hardest thing. I don't know. Mm. Am I a warm or a tool? A tool? I'm a tool. <laughs> am I a warm or a cool tone? I just don't know. How do you tell these things? Yeah, but that salon you went to, did they um, did they then recycle your hair and no, your they colour didn't. tubes and your foil? Because no. I went in a panic. I hadn't <laughs> checked Green Salon Collective at this point, and I was like, damn, there's absolutely loads where I am in London. I could have gone to Bleach, which is a very cool brand I've heard of, and yes. you see them in Boots now selling their own brand colour products mm. and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, next time. <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty in London. Let me know. I'll, I'll sort you out. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, Fry, we always ask guests two questions. So it's time to ask you, we call the Age of Plastic podcast, not the We Hate Plastic podcast, because it's being used in an irresponsible way. We don't think about the end life cycle of it, but it is a brilliant material, especially in terms Mm. of medicine this year, PPE. So have you got a plastic item in your life, preferably non-single use, that you just are like, thank God for plastic that I have that. I love that (laughs) item. Um. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this. And honestly, I've had like two sleepless nights because <laughs> I've been thinking so hard about things that like, because I thought if, if my if I lost my phone, I actually wouldn't care. Like I would have no interest in that. The only, the only sort of two things that are plastic that I would be lost without, and they don't even always come in plastic, would be tomato ketchup. If there's never any tomato ketchup in my house, I would feel like a panic around <laughs> me. So that, that would be one. And it is easier but, from the squeezy bottles, we have to admit. Mm, um, but I guess the, I mean, I, I don't go anywhere without a pen. And um, I was reminded again yesterday that you can get pens that aren't plastic. But I, I, I will always have just a, a pen in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, or, oh yeah, I've heard about these pens. <laughs> technology. Um, so yeah, pen, probably a pen. But we're actually we've just ordered those remarkable tablets. Have you seen those? No. I've, what's this? I've never I've never had like an, an iPhone or a Galaxy or iPod. I've never had anything. But this well um, this bit of uh, technology is the first thing that I've I've got excited about, and it's essentially a digital piece of paper. It it looks mm. like um, it feels like paper, but it's on on like a, a single tablet, and. Um, yeah, so I, I'll probably still end up carrying my my pen around with me, but that that's my my one thing, I guess. There is something nice about writing a pen on paper, isn't mm. there? Yeah, I always that's the thing. I just have so much to do, and I always write different notes and lists, and then I have all these lists everywhere. So oh apparently, God, this remarkable yeah. thing is going to keep me organised. I love that. I'm definitely going to look into that for Christmas. I have mm. to say, I'm I'm also a massive list writer. Um, 
and talking about sauce literally before I spoke to you I was realizing that I haven't really eaten meat recently and when I did it felt a bit weird so I think maybe I'm a vegetarian now but really I've always been my favorite food is sauce everything I eat is just (laughs) it's just a conduit for condiments that's that's all I care about so I'm like I don't really need the meat and the burger I'm really I'm like right okay what sauces are we getting in here mustard ketchup spicy I love you're also a sauce person as well (laughs) but yeah gonna check out that remarkable awesome um Mm. and if you've been preempting the first of two questions we always ask everyone then you'll know what the next one is your environmental Mm. hero please fry yeah, well, this one again, um, I had, I, I kind of narrowed it down to three um, because uh, initially my first thought was um, was Earthling Ed, but I know that he'd been mentioned before on your mm. on your podcast. He by, hasn't been mentioned in a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, he was one of because um, it was actually Joe from from First Mile that mentioned him, who mm. strangely enough I now actually know. Um, Do through... you work with part, First Mile in London? Then I'm guessing partnering in yeah, Birmingham. Well, for, first mile are helping us with um with our with our collections so yeah right. so we met we met joe through that so i guess it's a small a small world the, the waste world but he's <laughs> been really cool and then i was thinking like our members are kind of like um our heroes because they're the ones actually actually doing it mm. but recently um we were interviewed by meet the fivers they are on instagram only i think and their website meet the fivers stephanie is, is the lady that i spoke to and I've just found, well, we've all just found that, that her website is just, is just so interesting and, and inspirational. She looks, at, um, she looks at businesses that are trying to sort of go full circle. So she came to us because we have this story of the hair being cut, the hair being turned into other products. And, and yeah, I didn't mention this bit, but when we actually make money from, from like hair booms or mats, we actually put that back into our industry too. With, oh, wow. We give it to charities like Haircuts for the Homeless. Oh, that's a brilliant thing to be doing. She she looks at all different businesses that try and have this circular economy meet the fibers. So I I don't know if she's like a hero like Earthling Ed, but she's definitely someone that we, yeah, that we look up to. So that's so lovely. I love asking people this question because I always find out about people that I've not heard of before. And I just think it's lovely to sort of pay that back and keep paying it forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have a look at her. Meet, meet the fivers, and I guess you know Earthling Ed. If a few people yeah. have mentioned mentioned him, yeah, definitely. And mm. as well, I should say, where can customers and salon owners come to find more about Green Salon Collective? Yeah, so the on Instagram, it's just at Green Salon Collective. You can see a lot of what we're doing. You you can see a little bit of behind the scenes with with if you want to see a mat and a and a boom, and and we have a, like. A crazy number of like teenagers and kids in their 20s and 30s like posing with bags of rubbish which is uh, really cool to see um, but if you want to find a salon just head to our website greensaloncollective.com and, and click on the salon locator and yeah as I said there's about 200 now all, all over the UK so probably one probably one pretty close to you and Ireland too. I really enjoyed chatting to Fry Taylor thank you so much Fry for your time I hope you found that interesting amazing uses for waste products which is one of the things we always talk about on this podcast you know using waste product circular economy absolutely amazing what they're doing and i'm definitely going to be searching greensaloncollective.com before i head to the hairdressers in 2021 if you are listening outside of the uk and ireland you might also look up a sustainable salons australia and green circle in north america as well 
Um, I hope you find that an interesting episode. I did mention Black Friday at the start of the show, so on to today's eco life hack. If you are searching for deals or maybe just trying to work out whether the company you want to buy from is actually sustainable, all this sort of research takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Why not do it on a browser that actually plants trees? Uh, I dip in and out of this, but I do often use at the moment Ecosia. Uh, You can find out exactly how many um, plants they've actually planted um, by every time you log on, which is a nice little reminder. That is Ecosia, Ecosia, maybe I'm saying it wrong, E-C-O-S-I-A. Get it as your search browser. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Age of Plastic podcast. Coming up next, how can you gift a toy to a child which isn't going to end up in landfill? Find out on next week's episode. Until then, wear a mask, wash your hands, and we'll chat next week.